This is season five, episode number one of Beyond the Illusion podcast. Thank you so much to everybody who's listening and thank you for supporting us and all the kind words and feedback that we've been getting. We have a whole bunch of really interesting people lined up for this season already. We come out of the gate with somebody you're familiar with. The astrologers, Shannon and Russ, will be talking to us about something other than astrology for once. They're actually going to be talking to us about twin flames, which is the topic of this episode. I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't really that familiar with the topic of twin flames until we recorded this episode. And I I guess I was a little bit, you know, because I had heard Tiana describe her experience with her twin flame, and she's going to tell us more about that. But Before we start the episode, I'm going to play back a recording that Tiana made, which gives a very good description of what Twin Flames is. Are, is it Twin Flame? I'm a Twin Flame, or are you Twin Flames? (laughs) See, I don't even know. Um, Anyway, let's go to that recording from Tiana now. Thank you. What is twin flame? Maybe you've never heard that term before, or maybe right now you're rolling your eyes and thinking, oh God, not another self-proclaimed twin flame. But hear me out. A twin flame is your divine counterpart, sometimes called a twin soul or mirror soul, because they reflect your soul energy. Meeting your twin flame will at first show you all the beautiful parts of you. You'll feel so seen and understood in a way that you never thought possible. Your twin flame feels so much like home, like an extension of you, because you come from the exact same energy. The instant, unconditional love between twin flames is phenomenal. Yet, ultimately, when these souls meet, kundalini energy becomes activated and a massive clearing process of everything that doesn't come from unconditional love will begin. That process can take years or lifetimes. Meeting your twin flame doesn't necessarily mean you'll be together in a relationship in this lifetime. No one really knows for sure. So why are we hearing about it so much these days? I believe that in the past, twin flames rarely incarnated together. It's just too intense, and most people are not ready or able to withstand what gets triggered in that process. Generally, one twin usually stays in spirit and acts as a spirit guide, while the other one is incarnated. And yet, we are living in the time of the shift, where the earth and everyone on it is going through a massive awakening. And so, Many twin flames are incarnated together at this time as part of this ascension process. We're here to anchor unconditional love on the planet. So this twin flame journey is near and dear to my heart, yet it's something I've kept very private until now. Part of that's because it's become a very trendy topic in the past few years, leading to a lot of misconceptions and a fair amount of healthy skepticism to the whole phenomenon. Honestly, I haven't wanted to expose myself to the ridicule or scorn from people who think it's just an idealized romantic notion. 
You know, and I would have thought that too prior to experiencing it myself. However, a true twin flame connection is the furthest thing from a romantic novel or a chick flick. It's more like an agonizing drama film where the main character dies at the end. Just kidding. Kind of. Ego death is required on this journey. Another reason I haven't shared this yet is because it's an extremely painful journey, and for the first few years, it felt like a festering open wound. I didn't want anyone to mess with what is a highly individualized healing process. This journey really is just between you and God. But through a kundalini activation, dark night of the soul, a lot of inner work, and a little plant medicine, I can finally say I'm at an amazing place on this path, fully surrendered to divine will and feeling truly complete within myself. The twin flame journey is really a spiritual journey about bringing your own inner masculine and feminine into sacred union within. So I figured it's time to talk about it. I know some of you are probably going through this too. Thank you, Tiana, for that explanation. Let's go to the conversation now with Shannon Gill, Russ Olhausen, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. So this is a topic that I've been thinking about for a long time, really wanting to cover on our podcast, but also because it's very um, personal to me, I was kind of waiting until I felt ready, you know, whether or not I was, I always joke about coming out of my spiritual closet, that it's that I keep thinking I'm out and then I'm like, oh, my ankle's still in. (laughs) Oh, I still have my, uh, my big toe or whatever. And so I think this is just like another step of that, talking about being a twin flame. And really, it's such an interesting uh, story as far as having um, Shannon and Russell here, because that's, you know, how Shannon and I sort of met is that without realizing that we were on this similar journey um, and two very, very different paths, but underneath it, the same sort of uh, spiritual process was going on. But before, you know, we tell any of our stories, I would just really like to hear from Shannon and Russ as far as what you think, you know, what is your definition of a twin flame? Because I think there's a lot of different definitions and I don't necessarily think there's like the one true definition, but I think that there'll be people listening that may have never heard of this term before, and it could be helpful to start off with it, or might've heard or have a different idea of what they think it is than maybe kind of where we're coming from. Sure. Well, thanks for having us on. Yes, yeah, we're. Um, I feel the same way. It's a little um, edgy to come out in this way. We're usually your astrology guests. <laughs> so it feels exciting for us because um, we have known for a while that we are here to teach about this phenomena uh, because it's been so profound in our own life and our own experience. And because it, I feel it is sort of, um, in a way, a crucible of this new age that we are entering that we have entered the Aquarian age. So my understanding of the definition of twin flame and you know it's it's fascinating because before Russell and I encountered each other again in this life I had heard of it I didn't know if I believed in it sounded quite I don't know out there in some ways and I was married 
you know, when, when Russell came into my world. So this was a, uh, an initiation into this, this dynamic through firsthand experience. So through the experience that we had and through my, also my own research, my understanding of the definition of a twin flame is that it's, it's a contract that a soul has taken on to incarnate, to be on a mission, to assist in the elevation of the consciousness of the planet. And part of the contract is that there is a separation, a splitting off of the soul into two parts. And so if any of the listeners have heard us talk before, we talk a lot about coming out of this age of Pisces and into this age of Aquarius. We're coming out of the Pisces age where the the predominant paradigm was that of duality, right? Separation, the illusion of separation. And so the phenomena of the twin flame is that there's a contract of a separation into the two to journey into separation over time to do each have's own particular evolutionary work, which has to do with, you know, the integration of duality within and the ascension process in that, in that phase of separation. But the ultimate is then to come back into union with the other half, which the fusion or the alchemical uh, product of that return creates a vortex of energy or a toroidal field that actually is a, an accelerating force of the energetic field surrounding the unified twins. So it's not about the relationship necessarily. It's not a romantic love. It's And there's many types of soulmates that are very powerful and important and long lasting and whatnot, but the actually the the purpose of the twin flame unification is that alchemical product that happens that then is spearheading the raising of the vibration in the field surrounding the two. So if we think about us going back now emerging out of the Pisces age of duality, right? The fish swimming in opposite directions and emerging into this new Aquarian age where the uh, direction that we're heading is back towards the unification or the Purusha, the one mind, the one unified consciousness. Then it makes so much sense that if we're living this experience of multiplicity on the planet as all these separate fractals of the one soul, that after we work on our unification within ourselves, that the next level is to do that in partnership with another person. And so there is this directionality that the unification of the twins coming back into union can lead the way. We're basically leaders in this ascension process, and it is very much energetic and alchemical in that it's actually has nothing to do with the dynamic of the the relationship itself, it actually has this alchemical component to it that is on the quantum physics level. So that's my understanding. Russell can maybe speak to the quantum. Well, yes, I can speak to that. But I thought I would first uh, relay my own journey uh, into understanding this, this phenomena of twin flames. And I started out sort of in a stoic position of that there was you didn't need a partner of any kind to go through this life there was that was sort of something that I had been programmed to to believe that we're so independent we don't need another but uh, through my processes I began to understand that there are soulmates we all come together with soul contracts we're all 
not here just independent. We're all working together in some sort of interdependent mechanism. But within this, we all play a parts like a components in a, in a spiritual divine machine and moving into beyond just the understanding of the soulmate, but then into the importance of that twin flame in some people's lives, their path will include this next step of the unifying twin flame in which it's happening more and more on the planet. Uh, and we're beginning to identify it in so many different ways that it, it can be physical. It can be astral. It can, uh, it can align for some people, it will align not just in, a, in a, a singular way. It may align with more than one. But eventually it does align, I believe, in its purest form. I believe in one-on-one -on -one partnership of some kind. And this is what I've been pondering and calculating more recently as the mathematics of monogamy. It's like there's a push towards polyamory, and that's a good thing for some people to experience. But the twin flame experience in its purity, will come down to two entities that are extremely well-matched and identifying and reflecting each other. And, and, and that's what Shannon and I have been working on in, in our process the last several years. So um, I've gone full circle to seeing one way of being, that it's that, that yes, we do have to develop ourselves independently, but that, that through these alchemical processes, there is a unifying of individual souls and spirits, and, and you can call them contracts through time, backwards and forwards through time. It doesn't really matter because it's all quantum entangled outside of this dimension. And that's something that we'll hopefully talk a little bit more about. But this mechanism pulling us together, pushing us together to create this larger collective network mechanism is part of the process. So wherever we are in our part of the process is always perfect. And and I think more and more this, this the fact that we're coming into the alignment with the twin flame and being able to speak more accurately about its function, I think that that's, that's really what the next level of language we need to take this to. Yeah, for me, I had never really heard of the twin flame concept before I met mine. Honestly, as woo-woo and spiritual as I am, I think like like Shannon said, like I probably would have thought, you know, it's out was out there for me to believe, or that's like somebody's wishful thinking that you have. For me, like I think of the twin flame as this divine counterpart that, you know, from the very beginning as a soul, sort of like what Shannon was saying, you know, coming from the one and um splitting into the two until like all of these crazy things started to happen after I met my my twin. Um, and then I started to like search for answers to try to understand what was happening to me. I hadn't come across the term. And then when I came across it through, you know, like a Google search and all people were explaining or sharing things that were common amongst in the twin flame experience, I, I was like, check, check, check. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm not the only one experiencing all of this. Okay. And then, yeah, I just remember this like time, this conversation with Shannon and I, where we had went out to an event and then we, you know, we were just kind of like walking and I don't know, it somehow kind of came out. And then I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't tell her this. Yeah, she's going to think I'm crazy. I, I can't. And then I, I can't believe I'm telling her this. <laughs> and so it's this thing uh, for for me that even having been on the spiritual journey for a long time, it still felt so hard to like believe and so hard to share. And then I guess also for me, because my journey is different than yours. And that's why I really, I wanted us to come together to talk about it because a lot of times people think that the twin flame journey means that you have to come together in a romantic relationship with that person. And, and I don't know, I think there's a lot of different 
possible paths. And so when people get fixated on that aspect, I think it really holds them back versus this idea really of thinking of it as Shannon was saying, like this ascension process that in in meeting the soul, it activates, you know, your soul remembrance and it brings up all of this karma uh, within you and when the, within this other soul. And when you when you meet like your um, energy bodies start this merging process that starts to happen. And so you start to feel their stuff and they start to feel your stuff. And for me, it I think this is really common is like it activated the Kundalini. And then of course, when the Kundalini gets activated, then I went through the dark night of the soul. And I think all of these things are really common. And it's good to talk about them because then other people that might be projecting this concept of twin flame on a on a soulmate relationship or worse yet on a just a codependent relationship i really want to kind of cover that as far as like oh what's the difference between this sort of dynamic that happens in some codependent relationships or even obsessive where someone is obsessed with somebody and they say oh it's my twin flame because now the the term twin flame in the years what has it been like 6 years since met my twin flame and and so forth. I think it's become really popularized and you just see that term everywhere. And so everyone's like one looking for their twin flame. And so then projecting that idea onto every partner they meet or yeah, just projecting that onto any kind of intense connection, which could be a karmic relationship or just a beautiful soul connection and putting that there. I'm curious to hear kind of what you guys would say are some of the indicators that you might, you know, that you would say like, oh, this is very indicative of a twin flame connection. Well, I'm wondering if maybe sharing a little bit about our own story would, mm-hmm. um, would you know, be helpful too. Um, yes, yeah. I, I would like to, to interject. I just want to uh, show you how my mind works a little bit. So I go straight to the words. Let's just see what we can find in the words themselves, you know. And twins are in just straight off the Wikipedia, the two offspring produced by the same pregnancy. Thinking in those terms, and also just the word itself, meaning a doubling or two, it comes from the root of Proto-Indo-European, meaning, meaning the first divided thing. And astrologically, that happens between the sign of Cancer and then the sign of Gemini. So the twins of Gemini, the first divided, come out of Cancer womb, which is where the oneness still recognizes itself more purely. So there's a there's a there's a there's a the one reality merging into the other. And that's where this this concept comes when you look at it astrologically. But the twinning implies uh, something that happens beforehand, at birth, at pregnancy, at the conception, in utero. So this, thinking of this as, a, as sort of in a way being predefined or predestined is the way that we think about it when we talk about twin flames. There's something mystical behind it that's driving it, you know. So looking at the word flame, the flame also means to shine or to burn or shine bright. So when you're thinking about twin flames, if you're in a codependent relationship that's not helping you shine brighter, then it's probably not a twin flame relationship. It it may be doing something for you, but is it purifying your soul, your vessel to achieve something greater between the two of you and in yourself? Then if it's not doing that, it's probably not a, a twin flame union. Yeah, so I like to look at look at those words. 
and I and I'll come back to this other aspect in a minute. So he's an etymologist. <laughs> I like I love etymology. Yeah, <laughs> I like that explanation though. That's a really good way to look at it because yeah, uh, it doesn't it doesn't kind of make sense otherwise, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people often say, can you have more than one twin? And I say, well, twin means two. So that would be a triplet or a quadruplet or possible. There's soul pods and there's all kinds of, you know, soul families. But, you know, as far as the question, I mean, that's a big, a big controversy and a big question on how do you know if it's your, your twin flame, right? Well, this is part of the mystery. And the way that we know is because our story is very mythical, I mean, we have a mythical kind of love, and I, I do feel that our our particular story is, you know, quite phenomenal in some ways, and that there's other twins that it doesn't mean it's any less special or significant, but it's maybe not as pronounced in some ways. And I know that in my own life, that spirit has me experience things in a very profound way, in a very overt way, because I'm then supposed to share it. So it's like, oh, my God, there's no denying this. It's so obvious and, and fantastic and extraordinary. It's in your face so that I can be a transmission for other people. And I love sharing our story. It's, it's amazing. And we'll try to kind of condense it down. But it is part of our teaching. So, so basically, you know, the way that I think that it, be, well, it began, of course, from the beginning of time. However, there were players in the field that we had contracts with. And I was living in Boulder, Colorado. Russell was here. I was married. I had two children. I remember in around 2014 starting to have this other level of spiritual sparking going on. He also, at the same time, of course, we've had not come back into union, was with another partner. Her name is Stacy. And they were having these extraordinary ascension experiences together in their tantric practice and tantric union where my spirit body would come into the space with them and they actually even nicknamed me the brunette when we finally did come into union we looked back at that time and he's like i felt you coming so that's one of the significators is that you often can feel the other there's a soul coming in before you actually come into physical proximity. So fast forward a little bit um, that year and my little brother passed away, my brother John, and age 33. It was very tragic. I knew at that moment of his crossing that I needed to get home, which was back to Austin. I was born and raised in Austin to be with my parents and so that my parents would have me and have my kids so because he was my only sibling so we moved back to texas in 2015 i of course immediately looked for the astrological organization and you know went to a, a meeting and we went to a rick levine i went to a rick levine workshop and russell was in the kitchen we always joke about this <laughs> first encounter i don't think we can share all of it but <laughs> What I what stands out to me was that the, the two things that because we immediately were magnetized to each other, started talking because he was part of the astrological organization and I was new in town. And so there was just a natural chemistry like, oh, who's the new astrologer in town? But I remember distinctly two things that I could not look him in the eyes. And I don't know why. And he didn't, I didn't really remember that. He always refers to that, that I kept having to look at, look down, like look at the floor, which is not like me. I'm pretty 
comfortable in my skin. She didn't necessarily want to see the future staring her right in her face and all that it meant that it had to happen to get yeah, there. Yeah. So there was something happening that was starting to short circuit my system a little bit. And then I remember whenever I left that day from the meeting and I got in my car, I had only been back in Austin for a short time and I texted one of my best friends and I said, I just know that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. There was this astrologer man there. And there's something about the tone of his voice that made me f- relax into my nervous system that this was the right decision to move home. So Russell's voice, like the resonance in his voice, was also sparking something inside of me. Now, of course, in that moment, I had no idea what was going on. You know, fast forward a few months, you know, of course, the next morning he's reaching out to me and texting me, you know, there was like a, a connection there. And, 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 and I was, I was the good, you know, married, married wife. And so I was like, oh, this is, this is nice, a colleague, you know, it's just great to make professional connections or whatever. Then that summer, that next summer. Yeah, we, well, we did, we didn't, we just had an initial connection and chatted briefly about astrology. And then we didn't speak again. I had another, I had a partner. So there's a, there's another part of this is that I had a partner who was having difficulty being on the planet as well at the time. And this is who she had been coming through. And there was this obvious soul contract to open my heart so I could receive what was about to come. And so um, within this same six month time frame, um, Shannon and I only spoke briefly for a week or so. And then just before my partner passed, Shannon said hello again, and then my partner died that week. I took a moment of very wide open heart space that was required for me to be in that process. I decided to finally get out in the world after about kind of six weeks of getting past a lot of grief over that. And then we went to an, I went to an astrological meeting and there was Shannon again and we sat and chatted and then we compared notes about her brother's passing and my partner's recent passing. And so it was obvious there was something happening that we needed to talk about this in the grieving process. So we, we began to speak about that. All these crossings in the process of all these other souls being a part of this started to become apparent. Like, oh, there's something happening here that's beyond our own soul path to bring this path to us and then this person to us and and link all these things up it's 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 a part of the great mystery and i can see it it's there but and that's where i have to be you know i began to understand that yeah so that next that next meeting where i saw him again uh, and i this time i sat next to him at a table at a restaurant and i remember very distinctly hearing him talk about he was talking about how important ritual was and ceremony and he was building a retreat center and I literally I looked I was look, listening to him and looking at him going this sounds like it's my own voice coming like it was like I could he was speaking my truth like it could have been me saying the exact same thing and from that point on we started texting and once we started turning towards each other to actually connect we have probably I don't know how many thousands of texts. We, 60,000, I think we I counted. We started texting <laughs> all day, every day for months. And then everything started, like the universe just started exploding. Yeah. And everything started happening very, very fast. It didn't matter that she was married. Well, this, this was just happening. So is, it was, was like... So we, we had a problem. It's like the universe me, says, quit on. thinking you in control here, you know, yes, and, and you let, have to let go and let the process But let happen. me just say, this was, this was 
a, a very intense part of the process for me because I was faithful wife. Like I had children. I wasn't in an unhappy marriage necessarily. It wasn't a perfect marriage, but I wasn't looking for a way out. And I was a faithful woman. This was something bigger than me happening. Yeah. I just want to say that that's really common with twin flames is that at least one of them might be married or there's always these big things that make it seem like it's taboo or impossible for these two souls to come together. And, you know, the idea spiritually is about how this unconditional, undeniable, unconditional love that exists between these souls is beyond all of these societal concepts and ideas of of the conditional love and contracts that we create here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said in the beginning, this isn't about the relationship. Now, I tried to explain that to my husband. He didn't completely understand that. She tried opening up the relationship to see if that would work. Anyway, but basically, (laughs) it was actually very fast and furious, and I'm very happy for that. It wasn't like I had an affair. It, 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 It hit, hit, the storm hit. And I tried to fight it for a while and I was started short circuiting. I mean, Tana, you probably remember in Mm -hmm. a period of like six weeks, first of all, I started losing consciousness. I started fainting because it was like the, the, how fast and rapid things were changing for me on a soul level to line me up with this contract was too fast and, and short circuiting my nervous system and my 3d self, like my conscious self couldn't keep up. And also within this period of six weeks or two months, I was getting all these, like every other day, shamanic signs like snakes and owls. And I had a dead frog in my purse one day. I had a a turtle explode next to my car. And all those, of course, in shamanism are just, you know, signs of of death and rebirth of this is a time of uh, uh, change, right? And I remember... um, the day that I drove out to Lotus Bend, which is the retreat center that he was building. And and I was still, you know, trying to convince myself that he was just a colleague friend or whatever. I looked out the window at the retreat center into the woods. Well, it felt like a memory. It felt like, you know, one of those collapsed moments in time where you remember the future. <laughs> so things, I started to experience multidimensionality like really quickly. And then, and I also was telling him, I, w- I cannot see you. I cannot be around you in- alone in a group is fine. Cause I was trying to preserve my marriage. You know, I was trying to do what I thought was the right thing. Well, my Kundalini woke up like before we even came into contact physically and all of the, and then this whole other level of experience started happening. That was also part of me losing consciousness. And, and that's another sign was another sign that, that our energy shock. So basically you share a chakra system with your twin. So once we started just even energetically connecting and our hearts connecting and our love connecting, then it started sparking us. Cause as I mentioned, this is an alchemical alignment that really is about ascension. And so, so that was another huge thing. And then I remember one night Diana, were you there? I'm trying to remember. Um, you were there with me. We went to see that band, the Bliss Goddess. Yes, that's the night that I was talking about where I was like, oh my God, am I going to tell her about this? Because everything you were saying was like so similar. And uh, and then, yes, that was. Yes. That was- yes. So yeah. I, I would like to read something that you wrote, Tiana. Oh. Um, 
Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was on, on speaking of this your specific role in the process, you wrote an archangel message. She was channeling. channeling. She was channeling. Mm-hmm. On 9-11-16. Um, and this, I just have these select words. Uh, the spark of energy is activated upon the two souls' initial reunion in the physical realm. So begins the process of clearing and healing within each of the souls. Shannon and Russell are at the beginning of this process. So you wrote that. Yeah, because what happened for me. <laughs> yeah. So because like what happened for me, is, you know, my Kundalini also activated and I was having these like massive visitations by uh, the archangels, particularly because I before I had. I didn't want to be one of those cheesy angel people. So I'd always shut them out, but they were just like showing up, like even when I'm not in meditation and giving me messages and, and Shannon's brother came and visited. I'd never met Shannon's brother and gave me messages to give to her. And it was like really pushing me outside of my comfort zone, (laughs) but you know, like realizing, you know, now, and I think I realized then too, that, you know, we all, you know, you, the three of us, and, and I'm sure, and Tim and all, anyway, all these souls, like we've all made this plan beforehand to come and, you know, do this work. And so this was all part of that coming through at that time. Well, I'm so thankful for you, Tiana, because <laughs> I mean, I know that this was, this was all, like you say, predestined because you dropped into my life right whenever I met Russell and I needed that mirror reflection that or else I would have probably thought I was going crazy you know, and you were there to guide me because you knew, and I, I mean, Tiana is, had her own, you know, experience going on, but also had been told by her guides that she was here to help guide other twins. And so you, that what Russell just read was a channeled message. Where I was torn apart inside. I mean, torn apart about what was going to happen to my marriage and, and, but everything inside just kept saying, yes, you have to say, yes, this isn't about you. This is bigger than you. This is actually the best thing for your children, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so that one night we went to bliss goddess. I decided to go ahead and let Russell in to my energy body and just simply, simply just in my, in my dance, I invited him all the way in. And it was this very, transcendent, sensual, sexual experience. It's just synchronistically happened to be at the bliss goddess concert. <laughs> and, and after I did that, you know, the, the universe collided in the way that it was um, not long after that, that I was le- letting my husband know what happened and, and what was going on. And then once I said, yes, you know, once I fully said, yes, Things just started creating like mad between us, and we birthed the uh, the retreat center fully. You know, he had been seeding it, and then I came in and started building the altars, and our union started just proliferating the higher vibrations. And we started running the Astrological Society of Austin. We started teaching and traveling all over the world. But there's a very important aspect of the twin flame union that that was very all consuming for a while and that is one of the stages which is the descent into the shadow realm and like you said you know whenever you tear open those cellar doors because if you're going to truly be a free-flowing vessel of energy being a toroidal field then any blocks or anything that's ever been stuck away or hidden away or not dealt with has to be freed and again twins are here to do also collective healing and Lotus Bend is a, a portal for transmutation. It's definitely a place of deep alchemical work. And so we had to learn trial by fire 
um, about this aspect of it, which was very intense because he and I, of course, as twins, had very big trauma from our childhood that we both thought we had, you know, done and done, figured out a long time before we got together, which we had. We were very high functioning, very evolved, but there was this sort of surprising other level. And if you think about duality, if we're going to be able to transcend the separate self and to surf the cosmic realms, then we're going to have to deal with the hell realm as well. And we did. We, we, had to, we had to travel and learn that terrain um, in the underworld quite a bit. And that, that part of the journey was excruciating and confusing and absolutely necessary. Yeah, I think that's so important to bring up. That's part of the ascension process is we have to go into the darkness, into the depths. And when I think of my, I, I joke that I had like spiritual awakening part one and spiritual awakening part two, and I'm sure I'll have many more, but like those, like the first one is like really big. The very first time I went, you know, from an atheist to on a spiritual path, but that was all the rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and, oh, it's so wonderful. And then, you know, this spiritual awakening part two was like totally descent into hell kind of thing. I mean, but also just like the most growth that I've ever had here, I'd been on a spiritual path for many years, thinking like, oh, okay, I, you know, this is going well, not, you know, and then, and then, bam, like, <laughs> it's like getting hit by a truck or something. But uh, I think most people that are on the twin flame path feel the same. It's like, uh, since you met your twin, the growth is astronomical compared to anything before that the lowest lows, but then the highest highs are, are part of the path. What, what's your thought, uh, Russell? Well, that's definitely true. And, um, you know, I was thinking about when you're merging, you know, the two, with two entities, when higher and the lower within yourself, you have to bring all the stuff up to shine the light on it. So, you know, that's, there's a complicated process when you're doing that. Uh, within, but when you're doing it with another partner, it, you know we may want to stay in a, a the highest part of we think of our, where we think of ourselves, and and that's not our only truth. There's a dark part we haven't dealt with that's usually in the subconscious, and that that relationship's going to bring up as above, so below, and we're you have to process it through the consciousness. That is part of this alchemical evolution that we're moving through. Is that we we have to go deeper in our subconscious and recognize what's happening and, and, and then merge that with evolving consciousness. And, and I think that really is a challenge to do uh, with another person. You really got to have two conscious people at the same level, creating that spark for the twin flame, you know, and, you know, Speaking I mean, in any well. conscious relationship, you know, the, the new paradigm of evolutionary paradigm of relationship requires shadow work and we're all mirrors and we're reflecting each other. The complex part about the twin flame dynamic is that as one soul, the projection onto the other half of you're the one that needs to do the work, you're the one that screwed <laughs> up, that is actually could tip you over into a level of insanity because you have to understand that there's nothing outside of yourself. <laughs> so that's part of the dynamic is how do you unify? How do you do the shadow work while recognizing that, that it's not the other person that it's actually, they're reflecting something. <laughs> so for example, if you feel like something that would come up for me is that, um, you know, if we were fighting or arguing, you know, why is he treating me this way? Well, what I learned over years was in what ways am I not treating myself 
with the self-love and the self-nurturing and the mothering and the compassion. And so if that was lacking in me, then he would for certain show it to me on the outside. So there is this other level of complexity within the, the shadow work of the twin that's that's a little bit different than just a, another style of relationship. Yeah, everything is so intensified. And I think in the beginning stages, you become so focused on this other soul, the the way that we make the shift from, you know, just being in that dark and feeling powerless in the whole dynamic, it, it keeps coming back to like, okay, regardless of what they're doing, what do I need to learn here? What kind of work do I need to do? Keep bringing our attention back. But the pull is so strong to focus on them. And you have to keep pulling the focus and attention back within yourself. And, you know, like, okay, what can I do here as far as how can I heal myself? What do I need to learn? And that's where I see uh, so many people stuck. Is it just like, oh, but but they did this and they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know, it, it, and it keeps, it, they keep separating it instead of bringing it back to themselves. Well, I'm going to interject real fast here, and I'm going to tell you how I do it. I get out of the side of the human story for a minute, and I see what's happening beyond that, what's happening in the cosmic story, what are the planets doing. I look down and I see what's happening on the quantum mechanical realm. What, what is affecting all these other levels, not just the human story that's creating these dynamics right now? And what can we learn from that? And part of that dynamic is that we're learning how to share one mind again we're doing this with networking with people we're doing it very intensely when you're doing twin flame work part of that is purifying the vessel so we can begin to share one consciousness to carry this over to the actual concept of twins twins actually share a very similar biology and nervous system they're transceiving so they they actually can share they they grow up sharing one mind and it's something that's always puzzled scientists is how do twins communicate at this higher level? Because there is actually scientific evidence this occurs, you know. So And we did that while you were in Europe. Yeah, we've been doing that all the time. <laughs> we enhance that. We, we've been able to enhance the ability to project into each other's minds. And part of that is the purification of the vessel. So we can do share it. Literally, we can project thoughts and you know feelings to each other. So... But to bring this back into a scientific realm for just a moment, um, this is where my mind goes into remembering not to get lost in too much of the emotion and feeling because the mind can help with this process. You know, when we begin to understand what's happening on a mathematics level, the quantum level, on an atomic level, what's where's everything moving, the other mechanics behind it all. So uh, I'll just say this is from a, a paper that was written about uh, uh, monozygotic twins and macro entanglement, which deals with the quantum entanglement theories, um, looking at the particle level. So for the last two centuries, there has been speculation that there is something special about how twins communicate. Theoretical physicist Sir Roger Penrose has even suggested that consciousness is an effect of quantum entanglement which might have implications for twin bonding and the nature of shared consciousness between twins. Thinking of that in terms of twin flames, we, we have that similar entanglement coming in, aligning our particles, our DNA, our, all of the atoms that, that are needed to make this twin flame union work come together outside of ourselves. The elements themselves will come together when it's really a twin flame union. So um, thinking about that on the quantum, le- quantum physics level is, is something that always helps me get out of the story that I may be dealing with when the process is difficult. 
I'm thinking, what else? I try to put my mind, what else is happening here? What am I purifying out of my own vessel that I haven't dealt with yet? You know, what does my subconscious need to wrestle with to, to go to the next level of subtlety? So, um, so yeah, I think, I think about removing some of the level of story and then interjecting the, the higher consciousness work that's going on beyond the, time, the temporal realm. And it took yeah. us a while to yeah. get to this place. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we witness the journey. The and and the it, world, was, yeah. it, was, it was difficult <laughs> for those that love us to watch us go through this. Um, because the tendency is to project the shadow onto the other half. Then it, things started shifting whenever we started understanding. It's like it's one thing to understand and to conceptualize. It's another thing to put into practice, right? We know that. So it was this massive initiation on how do we really start working energetically, understanding we have a shared field and get like Russell says, get out a story because we have the same story. It was loss. Like he was given up for adoption by the, at the time he was two. And I, you know, had my father die when I was young and lost all my whole family through embezzlement of trust fund and whatnot. So we had the same wound, of course, being the same. And we were, we were playing it out with each other over and over and over. And now looking back, it's like so silly. But when you're in it, you're in it, right? Yeah. yeah. And we had to do that until we were just finally done. And and then now we're in a place where it feels like spirit is rewarding us, or we're where we've ascended to a, another level of higher vibrational frequency, and we're having magic happen in our lives. And we've just been invited to build a house next to a pyramid on the top of a mountain, you know. And so it's. It's like, but wow, you know, we had major dragons to slay on this path. And we understand that it's because we are here to not just embody this dynamic, but to teach about this dynamic. And so, you know, we're our greatest teachers. We have to go through that, the things very, very specifically. Yeah, I think there's, there's not enough twin flame couples out there that are in a healthy place that aren't making ridiculous promises to people. I think that that's part of, you know, like, oh, uh, come together with your twin flame in six months or less. Or, you know, I know the things that you can do. I think, you know, it's we, we need teachers and guides, but to show us how we can find the answers within ourselves, and that even to remember that all of our paths will be different. And again, like for, for myself, it means like, oh, I, I was able to find sacred union within to bring in my own divine feminine, my own divine masculine and come to a place where I feel whole and then surrendering to the process. Right. So, so much of the twin flame journey is about trusting the divine and surrendering to the process rather than trying to force an outcome that you want and in a specific time and think it's supposed to look a certain way. But I think we need, you know, more of these teachers and I guess that's why I'm even coming out and speaking out about it because the logical what people would think from their idea of twin flame is that the outcome has to be that you come together in physical body union with this person and that might not be um, but it doesn't mean that we can't come to a really amazing magical place I feel like I'm in a magical place within myself in a different way though you know like being able to grow so much that and and have the courage to put myself out there more that I never would have had before I met my twin. I didn't have that. I thought like, oh, I'm good. But I was really kind of just, you know, doing what was comfortable and I was helping people, but not to the level of like exposure and vulnerability that 
you know, like before this podcast, before there's lots of, you know, before I wrote a book and all of these things. And so I can look and see how much it's enabled me to step into my purpose. And then same with you guys. And that, yeah, for me, when the, those archangels started coming, just like you were saying, they were telling me like, oh, we're going to send you a bunch of twin flames, you know, and I don't advertise, there's just, I don't advertise um, that about the twin flame thing at all. But sure enough, people started coming to me that were starting to drop this term that I'd never know none of my clients before I'd ever dropped that term twin flame. And I really do think that if anyone is like resonating with this and thinks that they may be a twin flame, I really recommend not to seek out support or guidance from anyone who, who isn't going on this journey because a lot of, I've heard so many people's experiences of, and I know wonderful spiritual people and I get it. Cause like, I would think the same way if I wasn't on this journey, but that had told them like, oh no, that's just a modern popularized romantic concept. And people tell, you know, telling them that that's not a real thing. And so you really need somebody who's on the journey to kind of support you, but not tell you what to do, but to help you find, you know, the answers within yourself. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, it's true from what my my own research has shown me that there most twin flames are stuck in the stage of the runner chaser or the the shadow work piece and that to me makes sense if we think of us as fractals or micro macro right again going back to this remembering that we're emerging into this new age of aquarius we're right at the dawn the first deacon that we're experiencing in the new age which will be the first 700 years of this new age is Libra. So every sign is broken into 30 degrees and there's, uh, and then, excuse me, it's 30 degrees and then broken into three sections, which are called deacons 10, 10 and 10. And it is the emphasis of the sign. And so because Aquarius is an air sign, then it's the other, it's the three air signs. And so for the first, you know, one third of this new age of Aquarius, we're going to be in, living through this Libra deacon, which is the lover archetype or all about that unification, the heroes gamos. Like I said, if we can just even think about us energetically starting to move in the direction of unification from this place of separation of multiplicity, then say even just sacred union of any kind is helping to move us in that direction. It's, it's about the reyoking. It's about the reyoking. And so I like to play with words again. And, and this age or this sign in Greek is represented by the zygon. And the zygon comes from the root of where we get the word zygon. So think about it in the womb. Um, what happens when something is created, it, uh, a single cell divides and divides and multiplies and creates this larger entity. And we're, we're working backwards in time when we're working with, with the procession of the ages. We're going backwards. So everything that has been divided into multiple cells is coming back into a, a single zygote at the, in the next 700 years. It's all symbolic, if you can look at it that way. So it's coming back to a single-celled self of understanding and, and consciousness. It's not just you know, theoretics. It's we're talking about with the higher mind of the self. These, these clues are all around us if we just look. Yeah, and so that's why we this emergence into the zeitgeist of the twin flames started coming a few years back because we're getting you know more and more uh, it, the entrance into this new age is becoming more and more predominant, you know, and we will continue to see more and we will continue to see more twins come into union. But if you think about the micro macro, look at what's going on on the planet. 
we're in a state of a, a basically a collective dark night of the soul. The division is off the charts. The my, you know, the my belief versus your belief. We're we're in a state of polarity, right? So that's reflective, and most twins are in a state of polarity. Most twins are stuck in that state, but. We are an example of what's possible, <laughs> and 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 again, I fully believe that we'll start to see more and more of this phenomena coming into harmony, into union, and starting to see more and more twins doing this beautiful work of creating portals of energy to help to magnify and to accelerate the the collective vibrational fields ascension process. I'd love to hear from Tim. Maybe you have some questions that you know, as someone who's maybe at least not aware if you are going through this experience yet, but um, maybe you have questions that, that that our listeners would be having in their mind right now. No, not really. I mean, I was just thinking about what Shannon just said, like if there were going to be more and more of these, you know, twin plane people coming out and making themselves, you know, <laughs> aware of, of what's happening to them. But I think you're right. There probably are going to be more and more people, you know, realizing that this is what's happening to them. It's such an interesting concept because, you know, to me, it would be very destabilizing. I think it would kind of shatter my sense of identity because, you know, so many of our belief systems are built on this idea that we are fully independent beings and that we have our own, you know, spirit even. And, well, you know, well, Tim, that's that's kind of the purpose in uh, in the end, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to 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 d- dissolve parts of our identity so we can connect to the higher mind. Part of the story that we may be holding on to too much. So I went through the same process myself. So <laughs> yeah, I was wondering is, that. Yeah, if you if you had experienced anything like that, yeah. like a resistance. And then it's that I was just going to say that is particularly because it's you two guys were talking about it, you know, because the masculine energy is about, you know, the feminine is about kind of the merging in the masculine, you know, is more like the mind and the separate. And so I think it can be particularly hard for the one that identifies more in the masculine energy to come into this dynamic, because it it does feel scary as if like, oh, I'm going to lose myself and, and I'm going to merge into, you know, where's the feminine's like, oh, I want to merge. And the masculine's like, ah, I want to lose myself. That's true. Um, but you don't lose yeah. yourself, right? Russell, you can attest to that. <laughs> you still get, and, and, and sometimes and, you lose yourself and that's okay. <laughs> it's part of the stepping over the, the next boundary of the fifth dimension is you're going to lose yourself, you know? So uh, you got to be okay with that a little more and more as you move forward in time. And as you, as you move forward to this twin flame experience, if it's, it's, if it's part of what's destined for you, um, then the more you're going to have to let go of that. And speaking of that, so um, I, I was just, brought to my attention a little while ago the um the jewish word the hebrew word for this idea of the mating of the soul uh soulmates or, or twin flames is beshert and its literal yiddish meaning is of destiny so it implies that there's something that's bringing you to this union you know through time and um yeah, I just find that I just find that part fascinating. Well, and another thing, something that Russell has said the la- in the last couple of weeks is that one of, you said one of your realizations is that you can be the best version of you w- when we're in union, mm-hmm. and and so as far as like losing something or losing your identity, you know, we actually enhance one another as separate because we definitely do our work separately in the world. We do a lot of our work together, 
but I definitely can relate. I feel like Russell enhances and supports and he, in some spiritual way, sort of validates me. It validates maybe not the right word, but the reflection, you know, is, is life affirming and supportive. That gives me strength in the world to shine. Mm -hmm. Of course you lose your false self, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I really resonate the way that you're describing that Shannon, because that's how I feel too. And I think that when I met my twin, I realized like I never had felt so seen before, just just even in that presence, it didn't even have to be spoken. It was spoken in a way, but like it, there's just this energy where you feel so seen, you know, and so, you, you know, you could say validated, but like, oh, in your whole beingness, the way that you never felt another human just gets you with beyond words. Right. And it's just, yeah. I mean, and, and to take that to another level, whenever I say so seen, I feel myself as the universe in this union. So we see, I see through the eyes of God, through Russell. Like we, when we're in our higher spaces, when we go into our our temple space and our practice space, we see through time. We see the past, we see the future. We tap, we, we basically transcend our ego self, our separate self, our Shannon and Russell self. And we are able to channel and connect to the highest mind, which gives us guidance that we then share in our work. Um, and it's very, very special. It's very sacred and it's um, something to be protected. And, and again, this may not be the path for all twins. We feel extremely grateful and also responsible. This is something that has always come through me is that this is a responsibility to have this level of union, which gives you connection, which gives taps into these universal forces that are abundant, ever flowing, ultimate creativity. And then for me, the what I always come back to is because we are blessed to share these things because then we get to speak from that place to activate other souls in this for everybody to realize this is our birthright, whether you're with your twin flame or you're with a soulmate or you're alone. These are frequencies that are available to all of us that we've gotten a very um, concentrated uh, contact with that has been absolutely extraordinary beyond words actually. And that's another dimension of this dynamic that we didn't speak to a lot, but through our, the unification of body, mind, soul, and our sexuality, if the things that I used to read about in books and conceptually understand about traveling the universe, we get to actually experience those things. And, and those things are really beautiful. And, and yet also, you know, I think that sometimes people hear that and then they're like, oh, I need, I want that. I'm, I need to find my twin flame. It's kind of like how, when I first heard about Kundalini, I was like, I want that. I need to activate my Kundalini. And I went and I got Shaktipat and then it seemed like nothing major happened. And then, you know, in divine timing, many years later, when I met my twin, Kundalini just activated, you know, when I wasn't trying to like make it happen, it happened in its own divine timing. And so I kind of just want to make that point to people that um, it's not something that you go and, and, and make happen and do a twin flame spell and listen to a meditation and, you know, make it happen. Uh, it, if it's part of your path, it'll happen in its divine timing. And it is be careful what you wish for. It is, you know, the dark night of the soul is like, it's not 
easy. Yeah. I mean, obviously just the name, but I mean, I, I just really like, I've always been a very, people can just probably tell if you listen to this podcast, I'm kind of a perky person. <laughs> I've always <laughs> been <laughs> really cheerful and joyful and, and so forth. But oh man, when I was going through that dark night of the soul, like I didn't want to be on the planet anymore. I wasn't going to kill myself, but I really just kept like not, I just, it just felt so dark and so hopeless and everything I had done to try to pull myself out of it you know, wasn't working. And it was seemed like it was, it was just endless. It didn't seem like it was ever going to get better. And I just kind of was like, you know, asking to not be here on the planet anymore. Because, you know, it's just, it was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And I know a lot of a lot of other twins that I've talked to had been at a point like that. And so it's not something to wish for or meditate for but just to allow and unfold because, you know, it's, it's like, it's like matches since we're talking about twin flame. It's like, you don't give matches to kids because they're not ready yet for them when they get to a certain age and they can be responsible. So you'll use that word responsible and then they can have the matches and they can be responsible. And so it's the same with our, you know, soul journey is like, Oh, I didn't meet my twin flame years ago because I wasn't ready then. I wouldn't have been able to handle this purification, this burning, that process that goes through then. And so I needed to have these all of these these experiences before I was ready to be able to to go really, really, really deep and, and dark. Exactly. I mean, I've often said that it almost killed me to go through that. Like we probably could relate to Russell can probably say the same thing that it was it was so excruciating and confusing and dark, like dark, multidimensional darkness, you know, but that was particular to our soul's contract was to traverse the collective pain body and to see what kind of entities are lurking out there. And what does multidimensionality really mean and look like up front? You know, if you think about the ascension process or just even the spiritual awakening process, it's the death of the ego. So it's the death of everything you've ever known. And, and anybody that's on the spiritual path of awakening has to go through some version of it. But I will say that my sense is that the twin flame process of unification alchemy is intensified by tenfold, at least. You're, one of your first questions is, is how do you know if it's your twin flame, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, this is part of the great mystery. You know, there is no, you go take a blood test and you get your test results. <laughs> But one of the things that I would say is that um, we're working on that part. Yeah, we're working on. Yeah, get your blood <laughs> test. Let me, at, oh, let me see your astrology your chart. Oh, yep. Definitely. Oh. Okay. I think there's a Black Mirror episode about that. If you watch I, that I think I bet you. Yeah, I, I mean, man, we could probably talk forever about like, but like about I bet your astrology charts, there probably are things that you notice that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, but, there, but there's not one equation, right? Mm -hmm. and there are definitely yeah. significators. But I think that the the crazy making part, the excruciating pain and the obsessive, like, I can't get out of this. Like my friends that have known me my whole life were th thinking like, what is wrong with her? And it looks like it's the other person. Mm -hmm. well, that is definitely an unhealthy relationship. What is she doing? You know, mm -hmm. but no, it was this burning. Like, I like the way you said, like this burning off. It's this burning off of everything that you ever attributed to who you were <laughs> and your version of reality and anything that gave you security that was outside of yourself. Yeah. It's a complete, it's like a psychotic break in a way you kind of go there to, mm -hmm. and then to find your way out of it. Cause if you look at, you know, the state of the collective psyche right now on the planet, it's, 
It's very, very complex and unstable and dissociative. You know, we could go on and on and on. And so if we know that we're here to purify the twins or that twin unification process is here to purify the collective, then we understand why it's like that. So that's one of the signs is that if you think you're losing your mind (laughs) (laughs) and you are completely not yourself, and there's a lot of other signs, but this is one of them. And also if it doesn't go away, like if the, usually if it's not a twin flame, the relationship will just wither over time. It'll just, one person will go off and it'll just, you know, life will go on and you'll, you'll go through your grieving process and you'll come, come back to yourself eventually, but you can't separate from your other half of your soul. And so there, there is something in that, that, you know, it, it, the process in itself is enduring whenever it's definitely your, your twin. And I think the, what you guys had said before, I can't remember which one of you said it, but, um, and if you're not evolving from it, because, um, you know, some of those things like, oh, you could feel like you have a psychotic break and not be letting go, but you could just be obsessed with somebody or, you know, be in a codependent relationship. But if it's evolving you, if it's yes. healing you and growing you and expanding you in a certain way that you, you know, you're a better version of yourself, even though you're in in pain and and so forth, but you have expanded your awareness or you have tapped into higher degrees of love and compassion than you've ever felt before. Those are indicators as well. Yeah. And part of the journey, as we mentioned, there's phases to this twin flame process. Mm -hmm. One of them is letting go. You have to, when you're, if you're in the separation phase, you know, everything in your being wants to hold on. Oh my God. It feels, I used to say it literally would feel like my limbs were being sawed off when we were Mm -hmm. in separation. It took a while, but you know, basically part of the, the necessary alchemical journey is to completely let it go, completely let it go. And in that process, it actually starts to shift the field back into union. So it's kind of counterintuitive in a way. Hmm. I think that like for myself, you know, so because we're here in 3D and, um, you know, where we're at, it's like we came into this illusion of separation, just all of us did, right? This, I'm this body and uh, you're separate from me. But then, you know, through the twin flame journey, as we are ascending and, and awakening our consciousness and tapping into this higher fields that on higher levels, we are already one with our twin. And so that's why we can tap into that. And whether you're in a physical union or whether you just access that field where you just sense and feel and know like, oh, that's, you know, that's where I feel like that's where I'm at. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. If I don't ever see him again, and he's doing his work that he needs to do to grow. And I'm doing my, you know, sole purpose work that I came in to do, but I can feel that union you know, I've done the work of not that, you know, my work is over, of course, like I'm going to continue to have to, you know, heal and grow myself. But I mean, I can, I can vibrate at the level where I know that we're already, you know, one and just feel that. So it doesn't feel like I'm before it felt like I'm missing something. I'm missing someone, I'm missing something. But then as I stepped in more into my own divine masculine, and then I was like, oh, oh, that is me. And I feel it and I'm in it right now. Yeah, I just wanted to make that point to people as far as like getting out of that separation stage that you're talking about is, um, you know, that can happen outwardly or it can happen inwardly or it can happen both outwardly and inwardly. Yes, absolutely. 
Is there anything that you feel um, is not being said enough or any misconceptions, you know, other than things that we already touched on about Twin Flames or the Twin Flame journey that you want to express? Because ever since it's become really popularized and, you know, the past few years, it's, (laughs) I just, when I see, you know, I go on like Quora or Reddit and there's these forums and so forth. And when I read, you know, you can feel and know who's a real twin flame and who's not just from yeah. the they say and or, or some people go on there like I'm a twin flame guide and you know come to me and and I just I read some of that I'm like oh man that's really just pushing people the wrong direction totally so I was just curious if you know I think that you guys are wanting to work with twin flames more now and and maybe there's like a way that you want to put that work out that it's different from the way that some of these other people are putting it out. Well, I don't see very many, and I will agree with you. There's so much propaganda out there. I feel like even maybe preying upon the the dynamic of people that are suffering. I mean, there's some, you know, very, very expensive programs that promise mm-hmm. making big promises. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of buying some of them and I've sorted <laughs> through a lot of the material and there's some good stuff out there that I definitely got. But mm-hmm. one of the things and Tina, you and I've talked about this is that uh, I don't see very many twin flame experts teaching with their twin. It's mm-hmm. like, it's usually a woman. Mm-hmm. There's some men that are doing it by themselves, but it's like, I want to would want to work with, a couple that's in union so I can see and feel and with my own eyes and ears and heart, what it feels like to be in the space of another couple that's in uni- that's unified. Mm-hmm. I would almost say that that sounds like the work we're starting with the mathematics of monogamy, you know, <laughs> so looking at this from a, another perspective. But I was looking for that whenever yeah. I was, you know, mm-hmm. trying to learn about it. And you had told me about that one couple and I did get quite a bit out of their work. The Twin Flame Healers. Yeah, yeah. I'll just give a and, shout out to them because I yeah. they're so legit and I love they them are. and they're so humble. And there's these other, I'm not, I won't say the ones that I don't like, but there are some out there that are super like salesy like that. And I don't like, or, or cultish even, you know, and everyone who's listened to this podcast knows I was in a cult. So I, I can... <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. So you have radar the behaviors of that. Yeah. But yeah, I will say, yeah, there's needs to be more couples like the twin flame healers. They're super legit. They're giving people the tools. They're not trying to say like, oh, you have to do all of my programs in order to, you know, that they're like giving people tools to help themselves not saying, oh, we, we're going to tell you they're helping them find their own way. And so, yeah, I, I hope that you guys are planning to put something out there. I think that people need that. Yeah. So, you know, on that note is that we're actually coming together to do this and, and to be able to give examples of how to speak this next level of higher language. And and I think that that's communicating, seeing that actually happen, how we can be with each other and use the energy together, sharing that one mind space. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're, it's, it's, it's nice to experience it, but then I think Russell and I also have a unique skill set in that we're astrologers. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the the stage that most of the twins get stuck at is the shadow work piece, which while I'm not interested in doing a lot of therapeutic work with people, I can help unlock the patterns through the astrology readings of saying, this is 
part of your karma that you need to clear. This is your communication style. This is your wounds. This is this is a, it's like a puzzle and help to pull those pieces together to help, you know, give tools as far as what people are w- needing to work on in themselves mm-hmm. that can maybe help accelerate the, the unification process. So we are excited to work together and to mm-hmm. do a couple sessions with, and it doesn't have to, oftentimes it is the chaser that's mm-hmm. going to want the session because the runners, mm-hmm. right, in denial. We didn't talk about that dynamic so much, but most people probably understand if they know a little bit about the twin flame dynamic that there usually is, you know, one person running, one person chasing the other person, one person, and sometimes it can switch, you know, and the other person starts going off. But it's basically, it's so intense. Like it's so intense that one person just isn't able to look in that mirror that their twin is showing them because it's fracturing everything that they think about themselves. And so it's easier to think like, okay, you're the devil and I'm going to run this way. I'm going (laughs) to run as fast as I can. I'm going to get away from you, which is the big cosmic joke, right? Because you can't get away from yourself, but it's usually (laughs) the chaser. That's like spending all the money trying to figure out how am I going to get it back and chase, 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 chase. And the longer you chase, actually it makes it harder and take longer. The trick, I guess, is for the chaser to stop running, stop chasing, and become the magnet, shift the field, start working more energetically. And, and so if you can think about it all energetically, I think that it helps to, like Russell said in the beginning, to take the story away of what, what, whatever particular dynamic you know, the couple is stuck in. But I do feel that that's, astrology is, is a really powerful tool to help to know exactly where to focus uh, on removing the blocks. Thank you, guys. I th- we're out of time, so it's a really <laughs> great conversation. Welcome. Yeah, thank, thanks for everybody. You know, thank you too, Tiana, because, you know, you guys all had to share, like, you know, very personal stuff, and, you know, I think people mm-hmm. will appreciate that for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you guys come in and talk about, because, of course, there's lots of stuff happening in the cosmos too, so we'll have to have you come maybe Always. towards the end of the year in a few couple months to give us the heads up of all of that because – yeah, yeah. So we'll be might be fun to do it again at the next eclipse season. So we'll be in oh, eclipse yeah. season again during the holidays, which is always lovely. Uh, and the uh, the uh, nodal axis slips into Scorpio uh, Taurus, which will be interesting. Oh so- man, intense! That sounds intense. Yeah, <laughs> hold on yeah. to your your seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that would be a wonderful time, and it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much, you guys. For yes, you. You know, we love being on your show and supporting your work. Oh yeah, thank you guys. Is there anywhere that people? Well, why don't you guys just let them know where they can get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah, probably my website as far as interest in like sessions, like I have a, you know, a twin flame sort of area my and just even soulmate uh, work in my website, different astrologically focused, or just coaching, you know, spiritual mentoring sessions for twins. And so it's shannonleegill.com. And it's uh, L-E-I. Is how I spell Lee and my middle name and Gil G I L L. Yeah, you can also find uh, out more about what we're doing on uh, the shiftfoundation.org. Yeah. Yeah, so we're actually getting a lot more stuff up there. And then if you want to read some new fun stuff that I've been putting up, go to my complicated address, vonolhausen.org. You could flash that on the screen or something. Like that. Oh, <laughs> that's right, we're on podcast. Uh, but anyway, just put we'll that put it in the notes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm finally getting some of my articles and uh, little videos and things up that 
a really fun way to look at these these things uh, in a higher perspective through mathematical structures and, and quantum physics and sacred geometry. And the such. merging, he focuses, I mean, he's brilliant on the merging of science and spirit. And so that's what he writes about. And then if you're local to the Austin area, we have just relocated from Lotus Bend Sanctuary out to Samadhi Retreat, mm. uh, which I mentioned earlier. There's an incredible pyramid that we'll be teaching out of and hosting dance ceremonies and, and teaching yoga. And you can find out about all of that stuff as well on the shift. Um, is it the shift foundation? The shift foundation. The shift foundation. The shift foundation. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll have to go check it out myself. Yeah. Come mm. see us. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you to Shannon and Russ for coming on and for sharing so many personal details about their lives with us. If you want to learn more about Shannon and her services, you can find her online at shannonleegill.com. And that's Lee spelled L-E-I. And if you want to learn more about what the two of them are doing together, you can find out more about that on theshiftfoundation.org. I'd also like to say thank you to Tiana Roser for keeping this podcast going strong. And we also have some really exciting news to share about Tiana, which is she just finished writing her first book. So if you want to read that, and I highly recommend that you do, You can find it online at awakeningtransformation.com or you can find her on Amazon as well. And the book is titled Awakening Transformation, A Beginner's Guide to Becoming Your Higher Self. If you'd like to learn more about this podcast, you can go to beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And if you're still listening, you could give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. This will help other people find us. And lastly, I didn't forget you, Casey. Thank you for creating the music we use on this podcast. Take care, everyone.